Welcome to the sixth episode of the Circo Middle East podcast. I'm Ben O'Keefe, Deputy Director of the Circo Institute. The Circo Institute is an international think tank working to help governments develop the next generation of public service solutions for citizens. And we're excited to be launching in the UAE, a country that is on such a transformational journey when it comes to government services and places such a high importance on citizen happiness when delivering them. Joining me on the podcast today is His Excellency Mohammed bin Talia, the Chief of Government Services of the United Arab Emirates Government, and Phil Malam, the CEO of Circo Middle East. We will discuss the launch of the Circo Institute and what we hope to achieve, as well as the digitisation and transformation of government services and that all-important question of maintaining citizen happiness while services evolve. Phil, as I said, it's a really exciting time to be launching the Circo Institute and talking about how uh, we can help and help design, deliver and inspire new approaches to government services uh, in the UAE, both the innovation that the Institute can bring and, and yourselves as Circo can bring. And obviously there's a lot of things going on at the moment. We've seen COVID uh, accelerate uh, that process of, of digitization. We've seen massive strides to unify services, to bring them all into one place. And fundamentally, we've seen that process of transformation of government services in the UAE really expand and accelerate much faster than, than any of us maybe would have imagined a few years ago. Your thoughts on the launch of the Institute and what we hope to achieve in the region? It's a great thing to do. Uh, you know, we're really, really excited about launching the Circle Institute in the UAE. Um, we think it's a great time to do it, as you say. You know, we've got quite a depth of, of experience globally in the sort of government and citizen services space. And I think the sort of the balance between the sort of public and private sector and, you know, where we can share best practice and help improve um, the services in, in the countries in which we operate is, is important. You know, it's part of what we do as a business and I'm really chuffed and really pleased to, uh, to be launching it here. Um, in this great country today. Me too, Phil. And, and, and as you say, I think it's a very exciting time in the country for the development of government services. His Highness recently announced the launch of a UAE services strategy, I believe. And among other things, it talks about a single smart platform that will provide 90% of the UAE's government services, a real proactive digital solution it's what people want, and it's it's a very interesting and innovative idea. Your Excellency, could you tell us a bit more about the strategy and the vision and perhaps some of the innovations that you're hoping to bring to citizen services in the near future? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for uh, uh, having me on this podcast. And um, the vision of the United Arab Emirates is to be the best in the world in delivering government services. This strategy sets out uh, pillars that will drive us towards the uh, this vision. One of the main pillars is to ensure that we always set our services to be digital first. The strategy also sets out the importance and the necessity of having a unified platform to deliver all services in one place to make it easier on customers to reach government services, uh, reach government information, uh, without the need to have multiple uh, addresses or websites or applications to achieve uh, their goal. The strategy also uh, defines certain uh, priorities in which we want to have paperless environment and a paperless government. 
where we don't need to require documents from the customer as long as we have it in the government citizen vault, where all of the customer's documentation will be centralized and the customer can use it to, to receive government services. Obviously, these documents can only be accessed after getting the permission of the customer. Another aspect in the strategy that is uh, one of the important aspects is to transform our services to become proactive services. The strategy highlights the importance of delivering services to customers before they are requested. There are a lot of services that we know that the customers will need. So why don't we deliver it before they request it? And this is one of the priorities set out by the uh, strategy. Obviously, uh, it is very important to have the customers engaged in the design of these services. And the strategy specifies a framework of how uh, to engage with customers, engage with uh, key stakeholders in designing these uh, services. Finally, one of the important pillars uh, is uh, the engagement with the private sector and partnership with the private sector. The strategy um, uh, sets uh, a standard for how do we go and implement an effective relationship with the private sector to improve and deliver government services in a better, faster way. It's not just now between governments that services are being compared, but between the private sector and uh, government services that, that the citizens are comparing things. And I just wanted to pick up on one of the points, which was uh, digitization. The other thing really is the, the COVID pandemic and the impact that's had on all our lives and how we've engaged with all manner of services online. We're doing this over, over Zoom and we've, I'm sure, had more than we can stomach of Teams and Zoom meetings over the last uh, 12 months, 18 months. I just wanted to ask His Excellency what you've learned from the COVID experience and the digitization that that's created and how you're seeing the move towards digitization perhaps speed up as a result of the pandemic and what you plan to do um, in terms of digitization going forward. You know, and the United Arab Emirates has started the journey of digitizing government services 10 years ago. Luckily for us, when, we, when the pandemic hit, uh, the global pandemic hit the, the world, um, our services were ready to be delivered online. We have learned from it that having services reachable in one place for all of our customers is a priority. Uh, one of the things that we faced during the pandemic is that customers did not know where to go for services. They're there, but they're, they're scattered amongst a lot of applications, amongst a lot of websites and portals. Um, therefore, during the pandemic, we created a catalog of services, a digital catalog of services to guide our customers how to reach to these services. Therefore, hence, uh, the strategy highlights the importance of needing central portal that will deliver all services in one place with a similar experience. We look at the private sector as the guide, as the private sector has been setting the tone for how digital services are delivered. Um, let's يعني, give an example like Amazon, like uh, Netflix, uh, like Facebook, uh, how all of the services are starting to get bundled in one portal. And as you can see, all of these are adding more and more services in one place uh, and making sure that the experience is consistent. Uh, and this is what we wanna reflect in government services.
make sure that it is consistent, easy to use, uh, easily reachable, and the customer gets used to it as if he or she are using Netflix or Amazon uh, to buy a product, for example. Phil, and I think one of the key points there as well is is the use of, of data. I, I think His Excellency picks, makes a really good point that people now almost expect that level of service because that's what they're using. And the need for government to better use data and understand the citizen experience through the use of data is something that I know you've been very interested in. One of the things which is worth picking up, I mean, good service doesn't happen by accident. Um, it's designed, you know, so I think the whole sort of piece of this will just happen is, is, isn't true. And we're a people uh, business supported by technology. And I think where we, we can draw in using the experience lab and then bringing in uh, the ability to use, the, uh, to use data, to your point, is really, really important. You know, I think the amount of data that's available is huge. The amount of data that's being used to direct key decisions is probably less so. And that's where we want to try and get, you know, identify the data, being able to analyze um, uh, the data is really important uh, uh, to us. And I think that links back into the customer experience again. I mean, I was reading, I think it was a, I think it was a Deloitte report, and it said 84% of companies that improve customer experience also improve the revenue. So I think it's also, it's, it's good in terms of your, of your clients and your citizens, but it's also good for, uh, for business as well. I think something unique about the UAE is uh, and government services is its focus on uh, happiness and citizen happiness being measured. Your Excellency, obviously you're, you're going through uh, or continuing on that journey of, of transforming uh, government services, like you've mentioned through the digitization, unification and general transformation of lots of different services. I was just wondering whether you see any risks or potential dangers of how some services could face being left behind or how you're managing that process of transformation and making sure that level of happiness that you've been achieving so far is maintained throughout this whole journey. Obviously, in any major project and any major shifts, there will be risks. And what we're doing right now is we are prioritizing our mission. We focus on the services that matters the most to our customers. We are focusing also in our measurement to see the impact on customers. That's why when we measure happiness, we give it a bigger weight uh, in comparison to all of our other matrices that we have. Because what customer receives and how the customer perceives the service is what is important to us. That's why we measure uh, customer experience uh, and customer happiness uh, and understand exactly what the customer wants from it, which will add value in the way we manage and deliver the future uh, of our government uh, services. I believe also that uh, looking at experience overall uh, is critical and crucial to us being able to manage our project in an appropriate way and manage the risks around it. It is noteworthy to um, mention that having such centers, such experience centers that uh, Phil just mentioned, you know, for um, uh, which Serco has, uh, is important for the entire ecosystem. Putting together an, uh, an experience design process is, is critical for the private sector and the public sector to be able to have the right tools in hand to design it in a better way that the customer can uh, enjoy. I would say. 
Phil, could you give a, a flavour of what Experience Labs is and what we're trying to do with that concept? So Circo has, has got an Experience Lab. It's, it's, a, it's a part of our uh, part, part of our business. It's something which was in London. We brought it across to uh, to the UAE, and it's effectively a user centre uh, design centre uh, which looks at the whole sort of customer experience of uh, services um, or the or the management of assets. So if we were walking through you know, Abu Dhabi or, or Dubai uh, airports. Today, the three of us, you know, part of what customer experience team will be doing is looking at what, what what's frustrating about this experience, what do we enjoy about it, and then trying to refine. And the same thing with, with government services. And what what's what's working in terms of the, of the website. Um, so it, it's it's that, you know. But it's also important in terms of you know key aspects of what we're trying to do is is encourage the whole uh, outsourcing, saving costs, saving money. Um, for governments uh, around the world and in uh, the UAE. And that's where I think the combination of the private sector and the public sector, getting some best practice from, from around the world, bringing in um, new sort of innovative type of solutions like um, Experience Lab, it does have a, a positive impact as well in terms of you know, being able to save a cost uh, as well. I mean, if you look globally, I think the... the the average cost of saving in terms of outsourcing can be anywhere between about 10 to 30% savings. So they're significant, particularly during a pandemic um, as well. And the key thing for, for Serco uh, in the region as well is that, is that we, we, we want to drive our sort of localization, our amateurization strategy as well. So really making improving citizen services for citizens and led by um, our local uh, team uh, as well, which we think is really exciting. I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's a very good point and actually picks up on uh, the next question that I wanted to ask, which was to His Highness about the diverse mix of nationalities in the in the UAE and how does the government approach the challenge of having so many different nationalities and cultures in one place, all wanting to use the different government services that are on offer? To be frank with you, uh, we don't see this as a challenge. You know, it's an opportunity and it's a positive thing to have this many nationalities within the United Arab Emirates. It makes us more of a global hub and a global country. It, we have been having this population for a very long time now. And uh, the United Arab Emirates have learned to adapt uh, its services to cater to all of these nationalities. Uh, what we do today is we make sure that these services are delivered to all segments uh, of our customer base, uh, whether it being you know, uh, different language or even different uh, age group that we're looking uh, at, uh, we need to make sure that the services are designed in a way that would cater to all uh, of our uh, customer base uh, segments. Uh, so far, you know, uh, even our feedback solutions that we have in place, uh, such as the mystery shopper application that we have launched uh, almost a year and a half ago, has eight of the most frequently used languages within within the country, uh, in which it enables customers to give feedback in their own language. And at the same time, we're working uh, consistently with our partners to grow these number of languages by monitoring what languages do the uh, customers prefer to speak and building them uh, into our solutions, whether it being feedback solutions or even the customer uh, service solutions. Um, I believe that having this uh, population help us uh, 
uh, grow uh, better and be stronger, I would say. It's that positive framing that I think we all need right now, actually. So I think that's a wonderful sentiment, uh, actually. But the, the last thing I want to talk about was really picking up on something Phil just mentioned, which is not only how is the private sector influencing the style, type and shape of government services that are being delivered, but what does the UAE uh, feel the role of the private sector is in partnering with government to deliver future-proof services? To be specific, you know, um, us as um, United Arab Emirates uh, uh, government, we believe in partnership with the private sector. Uh, uh, it's part of our overall engagement strategy. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, the strategy has a main pillar that specifies uh, the importance of uh, partnership with the um, private sector. And it sets a framework on how this engagement is to be established. Um, uh, to, we have been over the years engaging with the private sector. We are uh, currently setting the foundation to have uh, an even deeper relationship with the private sector to enable them to support us in delivering government services, either by designing it with us or also even helping us in delivering these services to our customers. We want to keep the options open for our customers. We want to give the choices to our customers to choose the channel or the method of how they receive their, uh, their services. And we are uh, uh, counting uh, on the support of the uh, private sector to help us uh, achieve uh, better results uh, when it comes to uh, this aspect. Phil, can I ask you to give your thoughts on that point as well, please? I think the, uh, the partnership between the private sector and the public sector in, in the UAE is, is, is quite impressive, actually. So I think it gives us an opportunity to, to, to really help and support um, the, the vision for the United Arab Emirates, which, you know, it's the 50th year of the country. It's the year of Expo. Um, you know, what, about, what better time to be, uh, to be working alongside uh, government than, than, than today? You know, I think it's, we're in a pandemic, but I think the, the issue for, uh, for, for us in Serco and certainly for working with Mohammed and the government here uh, is around bring, making sure that we, we bring the UAE through and out of the pandemic stronger than we did before uh, in terms of citizen and government services. And there's no reason why we can't together uh, do that. You know, I mean, I think using the private sector, obviously I'm going to say it's all, it's essential, of course I am. Um, but I think making sure that we do uh, bring global best practice to, to the country uh, is important. We do a lot of work around the world. Uh, in this in this sector, we've got to be bringing best practice. We've got to be bringing innovation like the uh, customer experience lab uh, to, the, to, to the forward. We've got to be uh, engaging with with tech and then bringing that into the process that that really modernises and streamlines processes. And, and fundamentally, we've got to make sure that we that we we, we challenge the cost of delivering these services. Um, and I think if we can do that. Um, then it'll be it'd be really good. But I think it's the partnership between public and private is brilliant, and it's it's, it's for us to uh, to push forward and show that we can make a real change to the country. So all good. Well, on that positive note, I think I'll say thank you so much to His Excellency Mohammed bin Talia for joining us today, as well as Phil Malam, the CEO of Circo in the Middle East. Thank you both for joining us and. 
if I can encourage everyone listening to take a look at the Circo Institute website, circoinstitute.com, check out our latest research and keep an eye out on uh, Circo's social media pages for more updates regarding future podcasts and our work in the region. Thank you very much both. I'm, I'm sure I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you.